Welcome to Category Is. I'm Justin. I'm Maurice. If it's your first time joining us, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get a notification every time we drop a new episode. If you follow us on anything social, please follow us at Category Is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, let's get into it. But first, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. Um, I just kind of chilled out of the weekend. Okay. One of my sisters had a gender reveal. Actually, both my sisters are pregnant mm-hmm. at the same time, That's, which is yeah. interesting. The Kardashian. He has very Kardashian yeah. of them. So um, the older sister, well, she's the, I'm the oldest, mm-hmm. but the my middle sister mm-hmm. is having a girl. She knew that, but this is her second baby. And then the youngest, she's having a boy. So we found that out this weekend. And I went home and we had a little gender Mm -hmm. reveal. Y'all know I'm not a fan of them. No. (laughs) But, um, because it's really just a genital reveal. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) We celebrated the genitals. Uh um, And it's a boy. So that's Uh exciting for her. And looking forward to both my future niece and nephew arriving. Awesome. And um, that was pretty much it. Yesterday, I came, you know, was home and chilled out, mm-hmm. you know, in the city. It was kind of like a, a yucky day. Yeah. Um, But Sunday night going into Monday at like mm-hmm. 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> the um, emergency notification went yeah, off. Yeah, my phone was going crazy. Scary. Mm-hmm. So scary. And the wind and the rain was mm-hmm. pounding down so hard. Yeah. There were tornado warnings. Yeah. So, of course, it woke me up. And I ended up watching this show on Netflix. At three in the morning? Pretty much. During the tornado? During the tornado. And it's called Special. I've heard about it. I haven't watched it. Such a good show. Mm -hmm. First of all, it really works for me because the episode's only 15 to 17 minutes Uh long. So it's like really, you know. For ADD. Well, I'm not officially diagnosed with ADD. <laughs> However, for someone with a short attention span mm-hmm. or who doesn't really have time to sit down and watch an hour-long saga, um, <laughs> it's good. The main character uh-huh. is a gay guy. He has cerebral palsy. Okay. And it's interesting because uh, it's a show about a character who deals with, um, you know, marginalized identities in more ways than one. Right. And I feel like, you know, with in terms of him being both gay and mm-hmm. disabled. Mm-hmm. Now, he's more highly functioning, but it's okay. just interesting because he gets a job. He gets his own apartment. Mm-hmm. He's dating. He's meeting guys on Grindr. Oh, okay. And it's super cool. Mm-hmm. And it, it's an endearing story. In, in the capacity of a 15 to 17 minute show, okay. they were able to deal with some really serious issues um, affecting, you know, women, body size, mm-hmm. uh, income, you know. That's a lot. It was... But it's, it's a funny show. It's a comedy. Okay. So I just think it was cleverly and brilliantly written. Mm-hmm. And the season finale, I guess, left, leaves you with a cliffhanger. Okay. And sets you up for a potential season two. I hope that it comes back as a season two on Netflix. Um, I just think it could actually be a full 30-minute show. Okay. If they could do it for Insecure, which really addresses nothing, but, you know, well, somewhat professional blacks in L.A. Yeah. that go to Coachella and mm-hmm. do pills. I see no reason why this show can't mm-hmm. be fully fleshed out. And it also kind of, to me kind of said something that, okay, Netflix, here goes a brown, a groundbreaking show. It's the first show ever to mm-hmm. have a disabled main character as the mm-hmm. lead. Give him his full 30 minutes. Why you got to get 17? Well, Netflix shows, they don't have commercials. And so True. with um, like broadcast network shows, they're typically around like 21, 22, 22 right. minutes. So, I mean, he's only missing like five minutes. But, the, but what he does, that's mm-hmm. almost a quarter of the 
You know, that's like a third mm. of what he's already getting. He mm-hmm. could do a lot with the five minutes. But it's a great show. I encourage you all to go watch Special. It touched my heart. Okay. Early in the hours. <laughs> in the wee hours <laughs> of the morning. Mess. Uh, mess. What'd you do this weekend? So, I didn't do anything this weekend. I had an unplugged weekend. Because towards the end of last week, I just, I don't know. Something just was not right. And I just felt I needed to disconnect from the people. Like, everything was getting on my nerves. And... I was annoyed for like no reason and I couldn't pinpoint the source. So I just decided to, you know, kind of unplug, get off social media, Mm -hmm. not really do anything for the weekend. So I like stayed in, cleaned the house, went for a walk, you know, kind of just took time for me. Now, when you unplug, do you literally turn your phone off? Well, I only communicate with like very select people. So Mm -hmm. like my family or like if something is pressing. You know, like okay. with my friends, and then right. I'll like respond, but not right away. We didn't talk this weekend, and not no, not really. Okay, like a few texts here and there. But do not. you inform people that you're taking? I'm just some people. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because like my mom, like if she calls and she's like, "I've been call- I called you two times. Like you know what's going on? Right. right. Generally, no, I don't. Doesn't sound much different from your normal weekend, but <laughs> shade. But no, it was just you know really disconnecting, like not checking social media, not really checking the news or like anything that's going on didn't really watch much tv until sunday night but we'll talk about that later and then (laughs) oh sunday night yeah and then like last night um got woken up at like you know 3 a.m like you said and it was just like my personal phone which is by the bed you know was going off but then my work phone kept going off too and so I'm like disoriented. I'm trying to find it. It was, you know, all in the um, the closet by the by the uh, front door, right? In my work bag, and I'm just like looking out the window because it was crazy, like the wind and the rain and everything like that. And mm-hmm. then even going to work this morning, like so many trees were down. Right. This woman, I don't know what she actually. I don't know how she did this, but on the way to work, there's like a golf course, like on the right hand side, okay, down one of the streets. And so somehow she like drove off the curb, up like the hill, ran into a light post, knocked that down, and then that fell on the road. It happened probably oh, that like bitch was just drunk. at like seven in the morning. Yes. Well, <laughs> she may have been. Because how do you do all of that? Yeah. That's more than hydroplanes. Yeah. But then she gets out of her car and she's like FaceTiming or like something with her <laughs> phone. I'm just like, girl. Oh, she's probably getting, you know, all the damage of the car. Mm-mm. She was talking to somebody. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the barbershop last week and just sitting in a chair getting my hair cut. Mm-hmm. And there's like a corner right there. And this woman's like speeding and she just goes up over the curb, mm-hmm. like hits the, like, and almost hits the corner of a home, like a real home. Oh, wow. She just backed up, her friendly laughing. And I'm like, y'all could have really, y'all were lucky you didn't crash yeah. into that house and die. Yeah. Wow. People That's are crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much my, my weekend. Okay. Yeah. All right, Chava, let's get into these categories. Well, first we got to talk about our drink for... We always forget the drink. <laughs> we... Always forget the drink. Well, Maurice, you usually announce the drink, but you yeah. especially should announce it this week. I am. So this drink for the week, we actually posted it on Sunday. Yeah. Because Sunday was the season premiere of Game of Thrones. This mm-hmm. is the eighth and final season. So our drink this week is called The Ice and Fire which is a tribute to um, the books that Game of Thrones is based on, a Song of Ice and Fire series. That's J.R. Tolkien? No. Okay. 
He wrote Lord of the Rings. I think he was inspired by that. Okay. Yeah, but his name is George R. R. Martin. There so you that's go. It's, how. It's also yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> this drink is a spicy dragon fruit mojito. Mm. So spicy for, you know, the, the fire, the dragon, and then um, the mint kind of cools it down. It's so like a little icy. So we have rum, lime, mint sprigs, some diced uh, dragon fruit. And uh, jalapeno simple syrup, and then top it off with some soda water. I had never had dragon fruit before. You never had actual dragon fruit? like actual dragon fruit. No, it's weird looking because it yeah, kinda has, it looks like an armadillo. It looks yeah on the yeah. outside, mm-hmm. and you just peel it and you mm-hmm. eat it, and it's kind of the consistency is a little mushy, mm-hmm. and the little black beads in it are a little like like a kiwi almost. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's what the seeds remind me of. It is because you feel it in your mouth. You know, like mm-hmm. when you exfoliate your face with like the Neutrogena stuff. I don't do that. Okay. Yeah. And you just got this good skin naturally. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Some of us have to work at this. That's <laughs> Some of us have a whole that regime. That is true. But it kind of feels like those beads in your mouth. Uh-huh. Okay. Don't ask me why I know how the Neutrogena beads yeah, are I was say, do you eat them? And so I was going to get the fresh mm-hmm. dragon fruit. Well, they didn't have any like whole ones. And so they had like the diced up ones already cut up. Right. But you know, Whole Foods has like that recall on their sliced fruit. Do they? Yeah. So I, I was like, mm, no, I'm not going to get that. So I ended up getting the frozen. What? The sli- they use the ham slicer for the fruit slicer? Uh, probably. Yeah, it was something with like the melon and the, and the sliced fruit. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't do it. Mm-mm. You can usually go to like like the Vietnamese. And it was like $8 grocery. That little thing. Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. But it's also Whole Foods. That's true. <laughs> they were supposed to lower their prices, but Allegedly. still wait on that. Right. Yeah. Well, this drink is very good. It's um, I like it. Yeah. It's fire and ice. Yeah. Or ice and fire. Ice and fire. Ice and fire. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dragon fruit. And pray for us because it is rum and you know how I do. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I forgot to, to warn the listeners of that. So towards <laughs> the end, you might... You know, I'm gonna get you, we're gonna do <laughs> a gin drink. drink. I'm no, waiting for us to do a gin drink because mm-hmm. I know gin is your thing. Rum is mine. It's yeah. our weakness. I know my limit. I'm not I'm not doing that. <laughs> so push your limit for the people. Mm-mm. For our listeners. Come I on. gotta work tomorrow. I can't. All right, child. <laughs> well, let's get into these categories. Category is so speaking of fires, our first category. Category is Paris is burning. I'm gonna need you to say like, that with a little more sadness. <laughs> I mean, because Paris is literally burning. No, like actually burning. Uh, it's Quasimodo. Okay. <laughs> no, don't laugh, Maurice. I'm it's not sorry. funny. This is a religious, historical, yeah. and institutional building. Yes. Notre Dame. I'm sorry. Notre Dame. That's the university. Yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah. It's on fire. Yeah. I was so sad. I actually brought a tear to my eye. Did it? Because yeah. I actually went to the cathedral in Paris mm-hmm. um, I wanted to go to the church service there but it's like impossible yeah it is. <laughs> um, uh, it is a, I did a tour of it when mm-hmm. I'm in the spire yeah, me too. Yeah. it is a beautiful beautiful building and yeah. I love religious architecture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's just sad because yeah. I'm like burning how how it was built in the 12th century so like the 1100s mm-hmm. and you know it's sustained for centuries right and so the pictures show there do, there's like all this scaffolding around it so apparently they're doing some kind of um reconstruction or, restoration. or like restoration it might be related to that but i don't know that's a little suspect right because how does building did not catch fire in like <laughs> right. ancient times yeah but now when we have yeah. all this technology and like was the building not retrofitted to like apparently not handle like fire yeah mm-hmm that's very sad. And right before Easter. Oh my God, you're so right. 
Well, our, our prayers go out to Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, we are sorry that it's burning. And it's just sad. It's so sad. It is sad. Like, um, the last uh, story I checked said that the the spire mm-hmm. had collapsed. fallen in and the yeah. roof collapsed and but the two towers at the front okay. are okay are intact. and then the um they said it's, it's dying down now so they got it under control so Good. you know we're gonna pray up for notre dame prayers up yeah. right before passover wrong holiday yeah sorry wrong religion <laughs> all right child let's move on to the next topic all right category is game of thrones so last night was the the season premiere and it left a lot to be desired. Okay. So, are you going to give spoilers for the listeners out here? Uh, or are just going to offer? I'll just give like a general okay. overview. So, it gets in too in depth. The whole story is just built up towards this battle with um, the Night King. He like can raise the dead, and he's like on this mission to like take over the whole world, basically. Okay. okay. So you have the two protagonists. You have Jon Snow, Daenerys Targaryen. They were on this mission. They're basically on this mission to defeat this guy named the Night King. Are they together? Yes. Now they're together. They're a couple. They're a couple. They copulate. They are copulating. But <laughs> they don't know that they're actually related. Yes. Yeah. But it's this whole thing. But um, but yeah. So anyway, it was like their arrival to Winterfell, which was the ancestral home of like Jon Snow's family and like all this you know, kind of backstory to the whole series. Mm-hmm. And so they have to deal with all these kind of shifting alliances and like just all this political things that are going on. Like the North, they live in the North of the continent, which they're very like, they don't like outsiders. There's two um, black characters. <laughs> How they get their name. And so they were like riding on their horse, you know, through the, in this processional when mm-hmm. they're going to Winterfell and all the white people are like looking at the black characters and they look, at each other and they're like oh shit <laughs> like right. we don't know what's about to happen and so um there's dragons you know like the whole story but this season premiere was basically the setup for the rest of the season Three, so five episodes yeah so they just had like a lot of you know reunions the characters have been separated for seasons mm-hmm. and they kind of you know are now coming back together on the one hand it was good because like seeing the cinematography like the graphics the costumes are bomb like they have all these you know furs and leathers the cgi the cgi dragons are really nice and um looking at it in you know hd it's like really well done Mm -hmm. but you know some parts of the story they kind of like glossed over because they're trying to build up to the end but it was like okay we're gonna handle this and we're gonna move on to the next because we're gonna try to set up this you know scene for like Two episodes from now. I'm so just, I feel like I don't belong here. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't watch the show. I didn't watch last yeah, night. Yeah, it's hard to, t- to talk about it because I'm not you about don't the hype. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy, but you know, I'm not a hater either. Okay. I'm happy for you people who are GOT dragonettes or whatever you want to call yourself. <laughs> the most I know about it is from Shangela when she played Game of Queens and she called, she declared herself Khaleesi. And okay, I, know a lot. I have nothing, no concept of that. <laughs> okay. No, when she was on RuPaul's Drag Race, okay. she was like, bitch, this is like Game of Thrones, except it's Game of Queens. And they were, all the queens are fighting for the title. Okay. So she analogized mm-hmm. and she called herself the Khaleesi, whatever okay. that is. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and from memes. But I'm happy for people because it, like, it was a whole two years off, right? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the last episode was August of 2017. Yeah, so y'all waited. Yeah, y'all so deserve. it was a long wait. And it was, I mean, 
I don't want to say like, oh, it sucked because I know that it's a little, it can be a little slow. Like things are a little bit more subtle, but when it like hits, it's going to hit. Mm. And so, you know, it is the last season. A lot of the characters are going to die. So I feel like sometimes you can't, like on first watch, you can't really enjoy it. You're going to have to get through the whole season right. because you're waiting like, okay, it's the when are they going to die? Who's going to die next? Okay, what's going to happen? So like you're on edge for the whole thing right. so you can't really enjoy it yeah. i think that's my that's my interpretation from the little of bit of the show that i watched my bitch was cersei and i just hope that yeah. she, she does it she kills it she kills a lot of people but she probably gonna die most likely yeah i like yeah. that show. yeah i like her because she puts levels to like she thinks three steps ahead like she everyone else is playing check checkers mm-hmm. but she's playing chess mm. and she's three moves ahead of you so she's so, me allegedly Nini's not that smart, <laughs> but she like, you know, she thinks, okay, if you do this and I'm going to do this, but I think you're going to do this. So I'm going to plan for you in case you do that. And it, I think that her, you know, thought process is, is very well played. She's that bitch. She's that bitch. Yeah. All right, child. Well, let's get into this next topic. It's kind of late because it was announced early last week before we released our last episode. But Wendy, 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 she herself is a hot topic. Mm. And she finally announced somewhat that she's filed for divorce from her husband, Kevin. And uh, today on her Wendy show, she announced that she is leaving the sober house. So actually... I, I thought she had a few more days there. Well, she said she's leaving imminently or she soon. She needs to stay there. Who? Why do you say that for? Because she needs to get her life together. I just feel like when she came back the first time from that hiatus... That she should have just put everything out there the first time. Mm -hmm. Because first it was, still got my ring on and, you know, we good over here. And don't come over here trying to be all in my business. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, I want to have a a talk with you guys. And I'm really going to come clean now. And I've been staying in a sober house. But she didn't come clean. And then... Because to be like a week later... Since you skipped a step. Yeah. How you go from, I'm fine, to I'm in a sober house. Right. And then a week later, now I'm getting divorced. It's like, a, it's like a month or a few weeks. Well. But uh, today I saw clips where she's being very sh- like cheeky and somewhat indirectly addressing it. Like she was talking about um, somebody on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I was distracted by the hot security man in the back. She's like, I'm on the market now. Or like alluding mm-hmm. to the fact that she can date. And then like, Well, her husband been dating, so. <laughs> right. Then she was talking about some celeb- male celebrity... Or no, some female celebrity who's like paying a housewife. I forget out of Orange County. I want to say Nikki Gomdelson, who's like her ex. Um, what's his name? The one that faked cancer. Was like, oh, like owes her I a whole bunch of money. Yeah, I remember his name. Though. And she was like, "Don't be looking at me." She's like, "We're not talking about my stuff. We talking about they stuff." And I'm like, "So she's kind of mm, being more cheeky no, and funny and mm-mm. indirectly addressing her own no, drama." She should have done that the first time. But she just needs to have a serious sit down. Say no. Because at this point... Not an Oprah Winfrey whole segment? No. And no Barbara Walters either. Because I feel like she missed a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like, now you, now you want to make fun of it? Okay. But right. everyone else has been making fun of you right. since you came back. Now you want to kiki ha Now you want to kiki. Now it's funny. Now, you know, you want to address it on your own terms or in your own way. But nah, girl. Like, you had your chance. You had multiple opportunities to do that. Right. But you chose not to right and i get you know this is personal stuff this is your real life but you talk about everybody else's life mm. you read everybody else for filth. for filth you 
talk about, you know, what's going on and their drama and their tea and their hot topic and how you doing. Mm-hmm. But Wendy, how are you doing, girl? Ooh. Obviously not that well. Ooh, okay. Be Wendy's mirror. Well, if she's listening, <laughs> she need a mirror. Cause did you see her walking down the street with that ratty weave? Why do her off camera wigs be horrible? She looked homeless. Her, every time she saw, she spotted out in the public. Uh-huh. Her off camera wigs be looking like an old nasty shaking go. <laughs> My thing is, I know that she be trying to smuggle the good Wendy wigs up Probably. out the studio, and security Probably. be checking that ass yeah. like, no, nah, ma'am, no, nah, Miss Wendy, these yeah. wigs got to stay here. Yeah, because them wigs, them wigs need to be washed, conditioned, combed, conditioned <laughs> first, combed, because <laughs> they look a mess. Like she conditioned to get the tangles out though. Well, she looked homeless. She had on that big old teddy coat Mm-mm-mm. and that big old bag, and she looked a hot ass mess. And why her ankles so thick? I don't know, cause they don't look like that on the show. <laughs> they got ankle makeup. She doing some serious contouring. She doing with them that Chloe Kardashian <laughs> contour. <laughs> the leg. I didn't know that was possible. Apparently, but they they be contouring the boobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm convinced that's what Mariah did when she came out on stage, too. And she had a, like, a push-up, too. It was a bustier. Yeah. But it was just, again. Yeah. The cup size, she went from, like, an H to, like, a double Z. Yeah. In, like, a costume change. Yeah. How, ma'am? How? I mean, she looked good, though. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. But I'm done with Wendy. I'm done with Wendy, too. Like, Wendy, girl, if you need a lawyer, you can (laughs) call our next category. Category is Kim Kardashian West. Esquire. Yes, honey, this is so <laughs> Legally Bond 2.0. I mean, Legally Bond's cute. It was. It's a fun little movie. Yeah. I like one better than two. Yeah, the sequel was, they could have kept that. They could have kept that. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not no animal welfare person like wow. that. How You know, with Bruiser. Mm-hmm. However, Kim, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm critical of the Kardashian clan. Uh, okay. Uh, but I think I'm fair. No, you're not. You're a hater. Wow. Because you came wow. for Chloe that that time. When? About the Jordan Woods Red Table Talk. Because Chloe was out of pocket. She was, but she was also in her feelings. And I that think don't mean she wasn't that, out of pocket. But you didn't think about her human feelings in that. Like, yeah, she was out of pocket. Yeah, she, you know, could have not said a lot of that stuff, but she was going through something very emotional, very publicly. So I think that she was allowed her feelings for a moment, but you let her have it first of all i was very kind with her i was very gentle and i handled her with a kid glove you did not and i'll leave that at that but this category is about (laughs) kimberly Uh not about chloe Uh miss kimberly although her intentions are good and i'm looking at it from her for a from a human level i feel like she's going through this exercise of wanting to become a lawyer to connect with her dead father in some way, shape, or form. Child by. What? Child by. Her father was an attorney. Okay. So I, Everybody knows that. Right. But I feel like she's going through this process in some subliminal way. Some subversive way. What's under all of this? Because there's a, there's a cognizant motivation for why we do things. Well, then there's always an underlying emotional motivation for why we do things that sometimes we are conscious or unconscious of. I feel like this is some way her attempting to connect with Robert. Not her brother, but her father. Mm-hmm. And that's good, well, and fine. And she has been quite well, involved. With... how... Okay. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. She has been quite involved with social justice, or criminal justice reform, rather. And she just says simply, I just feel like if I know more, I can do more. Okay, that's good, well, and fine. But do you know how many people have committed their lives 
to criminal justice reform. The only people are brilliant and are legal scholars who have committed their lives and their work and their scholarly, um, you know, readings and books and attempts and education to change criminal justice who are working here on the hard lines every day. Now, what you have is something that they don't, and that's great amount of influence. Okay. And to me, it just, I, if, if she can't enact criminal justice reform with her influence and her 150 million Instagram followers, that's great. But at the same time, that kind of just hurts my heart because I definitely see a change in how the country's supposed to be run. You know what I'm saying? It's, no, it's, I don't. It's becoming a place where people with great social media influence and following have the ability to enact change over the average citizen through our electoral process and through protest and through engagement. So you're saying she's only doing this for to have influence and... No, no, no. I'm not saying that her intentions are not right because I believe that they are. But also, as a person who went to law school, graduated, took the bar exam twice, it's not easy, sis. It's a lot She's never of said work. it was easy. And people are saying that, it's oh, hard. she's taking advantage of the system because she's not going to law school. She's basically doing an apprenticeship. Or... Well, California is one of the few states that yeah, does not there are... require you to right. go to law school. Right. You don't have to go to law school to sit for the bar in certain states. In the... In... The jurisdiction of California, mm-hmm. and I believe Ohio, and I believe maybe one more. That is the case. Okay, but in most, but in most is she taking ext- is she taking advantage of the system? No, she's not. Okay, I would not say that then, she is because she's taking the California bar, I presume. Right. So you said you mentioned that she's doing this to connect with her father. I posited. I I, I suggested. Okay. I didn't say that as a fact. But then that diminishes anything that she's trying to do. Because if she's trying to really enact this change, be, you know, an agent for these reforms to the criminal justice system, if she really wants to do that, then that isn't the same as, oh, she's just trying to connect with her father. No, no, no. Don't think that I'm, I'm not saying that that's her sole But that was your first statement. But what I said in that statement, I said it it was an underlying, it's it's not an obvious reason. I think it's an underlying, it's probably a very personal reason to her. I'm sure if you sat down with Miss Kim and you actually talked with her emotionally about her emotional reasons for wanting to go through one of the most grueling and emotional processes, Mm -hmm. like this is going to take her away from her family, her children. She said that. A lot of time. But I'm sure that- She said a minimum of 18 hours a week for the next four years. She spends- you know, days, weekends away from her children. Right. She's putting in the work to take to take these classes. And I, and I, to, I never said that she wasn't. But but an emotional driver, maybe, possibly, some kind of a connection. But with then her you father. also connected it to her social media, her Th- that has nothing. To, that has nothing to do with her. That's outside of her. That. But th- but then it doesn't. It's irrelevant in your statement and your point. No, it's not because I, 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 I made two different points, and they were a little incongruent. However, they were. <laughs> however, my first point was positing as to why she may be doing this emotionally. Maybe she just wants to help the people. Okay, but then it's also like, sis, how you want to be doing criminal justice reform when your pinups are probably on the walls of many prisons throughout this country? Like, that's fine. I just made So is Beyonce's. Okay, but is Beyonce, Beyonce out there doing that? No, she's no. twerking on stage. Okay, and good you, And you exalted her last week for saying she's trying to be Nina Simone and uplift the black community. But, and this, uh, but that, through and her third, art, through her but, art, which she does, she's not going outside her lane. And not that. How, so, so Kim is restricted to one lane. So you were telling me that no one no. can 
want to do something for pure and simple altruistic reasons. I don't. Going to law school, no. Especially when you ain't got no reason to. And maybe I'm just set up different. Does anyone have a reason to? Some people do, yes. But maybe I'm just set up different because if I was sitting over there with millions upon millions... I would not then be that would be another reason. So then maybe it is altruistic. She don't have to go to law school. She don't have to do anything. But I, I, I just, I just don't feel like Kim represents that, or is, is it, how serious is she really? Okay, right? see, don't do that. Because it's do that. Time, My thing is, how don't do you want to be that. naked here, selling cosmetics, but then walking into the courthouse the next day? Like, what are you doing, sis? Ciao, bye. You need to stop because... Why do I need to stop? Because your argument doesn't make sense. Like, just but because think... just because she's a Kardashian, but that doesn't mean she can't want to do anything else positively in her future. Like, yeah, she did that stuff when she was... How old? How old she's was that? She's still doing it. She's still literally just released, like, her, her cherry bomb perfume booty naked with a whole bunch of petals around her and that's fine and again i support women but again but again but like but again you're coming down on her and you're diminishing her desire to pursue this goal i want her to pursue the goal you you don't sound like it you don't sound like it's hard good luck to you yeah then offer her luck offer her support but don't sit here and try and tear her down and say all she can do is you got your posters are on the wall of the prisons and how I'm going to take you seriously if you come to the courtroom. Like, girl, don't. Like, don't but these do are that. serious things that are going to be addressed if she enters this profession. Honestly. Do you understand that in the Commonwealth of Virginia, if a woman still wants to sit for the bar exam, they have to wear a skirt? Like, that's... She's in California. Again, but it's a very conservative profession. Do you know I have no, like... All I wear is black, white, and gray. Like, it's a very conservative profession. She's the opposite of conservative. It's really like her just coming up in here trying to shake shit up. And that's good. Be you. Be Miss L. Woods. But sis, understand it's going to no. be a very, very hard road for you. Well, you sound, you just sound like all these other people who are hating on her, which, no, probably prompted, her. which probably prompted her to make this Instagram post where she explains what she goes through. And she, like you said, for the next four years, a minimum of 18 hours a week taking written multiple choice tests, I being saw, away from her family. I saw family, her sitting here with that Torts Horn book. And these same people, she mentions the people who say, oh, you should stay in your lane. But why does her wanting to pursue this goal affect you? It doesn't. Why is, member, why is everyone so up in arms about it? As a member when of she's this profession, trying to do as something an officer of the court, I, I have an the opinion. People. Okay, look at it like this. We talked about Beachella last week. Becoming an attorney in some way, shape, or form is like almost joining a fraternity or sorority. There's a level of, um, you know, indoctrination. There's a level of humbling oneself. There is a level of hazing. Repeatedly. For years. There is a, a time commitment, a financial commitment, a, a, lots of losses. When you go through that struggle and past that point, you do get to kind of have your own opinion as to people entering the profession. If Kim enters it, great. Good for her. I wish her the best in this. But I'm just saying, sis, it's going to be hard. I think, I think she knows that, though. But you hold anything that this woman or this family does, everyone sees it as an opportunity for them to take advantage of the system, to exploit I, this, that, and the third, to But that's all we have to go on, Marie. Or whatever. But she could be doing it for pure she's not out here twerking it on stage after people paid their money for it and everyone's lifting her up as this paragon of virtue and blackness. 
like Beyonce. She's out here sitting in her living room, which I'm surprised it has some furniture. It's probably somebody else's house, mm-hmm. but studying to become an attorney so she can practice law so she can exact change in the criminal justice system. What is wrong with that? What but is wrong with that? It? But it's also hurtful. What is wrong with it? There's people out here who are trying to exact change every what day. What is wrong with that? But the sad point that? is, let's, let's, let's jump to 2022. Kimberly passes the bar. Mm-hmm. There will be fanfare. And honestly, it will be an achievement because it's an achievement for anyone to have done it. But especially for, you know, her with managing all these children and a family and her career and her being such a broad public figure. Like, that's a lot to manage. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it wouldn't even make sense for her to go to law school. I right. wouldn't even advise that because she'd be security and be disruptive to the other students. It wouldn't be, it would be a mess. However, it's what would be hurtful then. And that was my second point was that it's sad because here this, this influencer and celebrity could honestly be more impactful to change in the system than just a normal everyday person. And that's not Kim's problem at all. That's not her fault, mm-hmm. but that's more of a societal discussion as to why people how influence is a currency and how influence matters and how some of us just don't have it to no fault of our own, despite the mm-hmm. hard work and intentions and effort. And that was the second point I was making that was separate of Kim. You see what I'm saying? I don't. Okay. Because wow. I, I just think... Because I thought that was really clear. I think that y'all are some haters. Anything that she does, y'all are going to have a problem with. And I'm, it's I'm just happy unfair, that her makeup line is very successful. But it's just unfair that no matter what she or her family does, everyone's going to have a negative reaction and opinion to it. I did not think and anything I said was negative. And that's unfair. Wow. And that's all I'm saying. Okay. Let's move on, Please. sis. Let's move on to the next category of Run Me My Reparations. You love reparations. They seem to be a hot topic this year. And Run Me My Check. They need to stop. Who's the they? You don't want no check? I want one, but it's not going to come. So I just think it's wasting time Mm -hmm. and energy and attention. I can um, somewhat, from a practical level, agree with you there. Not a theoretical one, but I see. Mm. So Georgetown University, which is in, I forget which section of D.C., but um, they're like student union. They're black student union. Well, I think it was just their entire student union. I'm not sure. But they voted to increase the tuition per semester per student by $27.20. Wow. They say that this money is going to go into a fund and be distributed amongst the uh, descendants of slaves mm-hmm. who, to give the backstory, there were 272 slaves who were owned by Georgetown University. Okay. And the university fell into um, debt. Mm-hmm. And so for some, they had to, you know, figure out ways to, to, to make this money, to repay this debt. And so they ended up selling the slaves to make the money. Right. So that the university could pay their bills. Okay. So the descendants of these, um, these slaves were found. They were um, like traced back through time. They are called legacy students. Okay. So I think, you know, they can go to Georgetown for free. How did they inform these people that they're legacy students? Did they get a letter? Did they get an email? They probably got a letter or someone like tracked them down. And, okay. Yeah. And so there was one woman who goes there now. She's an older lady. And then she's getting her bachelor's in something. And then there's another legacy student who's there 
also, and she's uh, finishing up her master's. Okay. But, you know, I think they can go for free. Question. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. They can go there for free? Do they still have to go through I'm the, pretty sure the, the normal admissions process? Probably like, not. Okay. I mean, they'd probably be like, my name is so-and-so-and-so-and-so. I'm from, you know, one of them slaves. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. You made it kind of very, like, basic. But all right. I get what you're saying. I mean, I'm sure they're in a database somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, to me... So, yeah. $27.20. Mm-hmm. Per, uh, per student. Mm-hmm. Per, per year. Semester. Or per semester. Yeah. Indefinitely? Um, I guess. How many students are enrolled? Uh, that's a good question. I because I'm just that. trying to figure out, like... Uh-huh. It's, it seems like, to me... Uh, Georgetown is dealing with this on a micro level mm-hmm. as opposed to a macro level of how the institution of slavery right. has impacted this country, mm-hmm. um, people's humanity in this country, uh, wealth distribution and inequity in mm-hmm. this country, and access to opportunities such as education. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, um, you know, what they've done is they're dealing with it very specific to how Georgetown has played a role in that by A, admitting only descendants of the slaves that they owned mm-hmm. into the institution. And I believe by B, having an assessment or charge of $27.20 per semester per student as an effort to raise reparations Mm -hmm. that correlated to the free labor and services that they retained from the how many slaves? 220? 272. 272. Uh 272 slaves. And also, do you not see a repetition in number 27? Oh, that was purposeful. Right. Yeah. Georgetown, let's get a little real here. Like, that's good, well, and fine. Are you doing it for the right reason? Or was it a symbolic gesture? I think it's symbolic, and I think it's to get attention because it was pretty much just, like, a student vote. And so it would have to go to, like, a university, like, administrative level vote, and mm-hmm. they would have to approve it. Um, it stands to raise approximately $400,000 a year. But... That's not a lot. I don't, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. You don't think it's gonna get? Passed? I don't think it's gonna get passed because really? I, I just think that you know, twenty-seven twenty. It's a low amount. If it was two hundred seventy-two dollars, potentially that'd be more uh, difficult. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's what two drinks. DC's expensive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. It is, but I mean, I just I mm, the intentions. Okay, I get. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to bring awareness. But it's a sensitive issue, right? Because you can't not be for reparations and not be labeled a racist. Mm, I would say if you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make that leap. I, I think that there's some people who could be against reparations, mm-hmm. and um, I wouldn't necessarily call them full blown racist. It's on some level can be perceived as racist. At Why the very is this least, group it's racially insensitive? Get, right. Whereas this group get because but that group was stolen picked cotton was separated from the mm-hmm. families and subjugated to a tragic tragic life in history that's why but why can't we get it because you ain't do that sis <laughs> that's, that's why it's that simple but that's it's what that's gonna be the next question so that's why i don't think it's gonna pass because i feel like if you do it for one then they're gonna have to do it for a but, lot more but that's people. the problem like of this world understanding the shit's for, not equal it's not the same but if they do it for you know reparations in blacks are we going to do it for japanese who were in internment camps in world war ii it was different context native americans are they going to get something to are you know and so it just goes on and on and on and people are just going to say 
you know, it's easier to say nobody gets anything than one group gets something. Mm-hmm. And I think people would rather not get anything. But reparations were paid than... to, the, to Japanese people who were internment camps. They were, yeah. Y'all got your coin. Yeah. Be done. Yeah. So the historical significance is, you know, the slaves that Georgetown had to sell. I, but I, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It does raise a lot of points yeah. and arguments. But people in this world, and this is where it goes back to, like, you know, all children being given participation trophies. Mm-hmm. We're all not equal. Mm-hmm. The context doesn't matter. This person, I mean, it does matter. Not doesn't. The context does matter. Uh, this person was MVP. That's why they got MVP, sis. Like, mm-hmm. the, not all shit's the same. And to sit here and pretend like it is, right. is where you go wrong. Yeah. But I hope that Georgetown works it out. Give your students that money. Did you also see what's happening down at Morehouse? I did see. I only read like a quick article. Uh, Morehouse University in Atlanta, which is a historically black um, college. Mm-hmm. It's a college, right? Morehouse College. Yeah, yeah. Morehouse College. And then um, it's an all men. It's an all male, um, all black college in Atlanta. The sister school is Spelman, mm-hmm. um, so they kind of you know operate as one right. one unit pretty much. Um, so yeah, so they voted to that they are going to accept and approve um transgendered male students okay yeah well that's interesting because i i remember about a year ago there was a little bit of uproar when spellman as you mentioned their mm-hmm. not their sister their school, sister school. But, okay we'll yeah. just use that loosely because mm-hmm. they are a separate institution right um but spellman graduated its first openly um transgender student mm-hmm. however in 2017 i think right? was 20 20- well they they kind of enacted the same policy for for the right for the right but i think that the issue at that time was that the person and i hate to get into discussion with this regarding trans issues mm-hmm. but my understanding is that the student was um a lesbian but she identified as transgender but she was um cisgender she was non cisgendered so she was kind of like male presenting, okay, and, and, but did not identify as female. She identified as transgender, but she hadn't. And again, someone's transness is not linked to their genitalia, but she hadn't undergone any medical transition, if you will. I'm confused. <laughs> okay, she was a. How does she present? She presented male. Okay. But I feel like no Tinoche, a lot of lesbians go to Spelman. <laughs> they do. And a lot of them um, probably present male. Yeah. But I guess this one, she was the first transgender person to graduate because she identified as trans. But she still very uh, much looks like okay. a, a a lesbian to me. Just your average one of the middle lesbian. Like, since you a whole, you a woman, you're just a little bit butch. Like, you wasn't the yeah, first. Yeah. However, I do know that there was a lot of uproar from Spelman students, mm-hmm. women, who were looking to ha- accept trans students where there was a male to female trans person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a difference when Spelman, a woman's institution, right. graduates yeah. a trans person who mm-hmm. is female to male right. as opposed to admitting a student mm-hmm. who is male to female. Yeah. And there was a lot of uproar mm-hmm. and pushback from women mm-hmm. who felt like yeah. they should not be accepted at that institution yeah, yeah. and it's interesting because going back to Morehouse mm-hmm. is, you know I haven't been as connected with the issue but this time but I haven't heard as much fervor and uproar behind them passing this policy to now admit 
transgender students who are female to male. Ah, uh, okay. And I think the underlying well, reason may mm-hmm. be misogyny. How do I say this delicately? I feel like a lot of that might be happening like below the surface because I think that, you know, we're dealing with two, you know, predominantly black institutions Mm -hmm. and historically, you know, black people, we don't really, people have a lot to say about it, about that. And I think that maybe they learned the lesson from Spellman a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and then, or maybe they are, you know, really just opening their minds. I don't know. I, th- I think that the wave of the the, the transgender discussion is mm-hmm. a really popular one. Right. I think it's the forefront of the LGBT mm-hmm. plus movement right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, gay marriage is settled. Everybody's family got a gay. Everybody mm-hmm. know a gay. It's not as taboo. Right. I think that, you know, gender is the last pillar that's to be knocked down in this new wave of movement of being progressive in terms Mm -hmm. of people's identity. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one that people are having a hard time grasping because they're um, uneducated or don't know anyone. Because just knowing someone Mm -hmm. affects you personally because you have an ability to understand it, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that also the way that we represented trans people in the media has a problem as well. But I think that it's just, people don't understand that there's a difference between gender identity, gender presentation, mm-hmm. you know, sex. The main reason that people have gender reveals. It's not a gender <sighs> reveal. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's not. Because you can have a girl mm-hmm. who has, you can give birth to a baby with a vagina, mm-hmm. but she cannot identify as a female right. or as a woman. Mm-hmm. She might identify as male. So it's not a gender reveal. Mm-hmm. It's a genital reveal. Honestly. That sounds nasty. Well, that's what it is. Honestly, that's, I, but people on a, Basic, basic level, mm-hmm. don't have an understanding of the difference between gender and mm-hmm. sex. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to, if they can't get that, how mm-hmm. are they going to get trans people? Right. But I think that with the issue of the schools, well, it's interesting mm-hmm. to me because I feel like in the in culture and society as a whole, I think that the group that bears the brunt of abuse, disrespect, in the LGBT community, specifically the T, mm-hmm. are male to female trans people mm-hmm. not female to male right and i think that I, is because of an overarching mm-hmm. culture of misogyny mm-hmm. and disrespect and or hate for women and how can you be born a man this gift this pillar mm-hmm. this station mm-hmm. and elect voluntarily to become less than which is a woman because remember when morehouse got into a lot of trouble like a few years ago when they said that men couldn't wear women's clothes. Yes. That men. Oh, when the Miyakas was out? Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, if you don't know what the Miyakas was, that was the. Um, I don't know if you could even call them an auxiliary. No. <laughs> but they were basically men running around here pretending they was AKAs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Full beats, bags, pearls, and all. Heels. Heels. Purses. Yeah. Everything. So, um, in. And let's not be faced. Uh-huh. Morehouse has a lot of gays. Basically. Right. So yeah. here are two basically gay institutions. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all got to be a little bit more progressive on the transition. Yeah. 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 Because it was, um, I believe it was 2009. And they said that um, they put out like all these statements and all these um, policies and saying that, you know, appropriate dress for for a student at Morehouse is this, this, and this, and this. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, they couldn't wear, they couldn't wear, um, 
women's clothes. They couldn't be, you know, female presenting. Okay. They couldn't wear makeup and like all this stuff. So I think maybe they learned their lesson from that. And maybe that's why now it's a little bit more accepted. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Mm. Okay. I think that it's just transness is being putting at the forefront of the issue. Mm -hmm. And to me in 2019, for you to be a institution that was founded on you know as a black historical institution because black people were excluded from education Mm -hmm. for then you to take a stance to exclude a person who is gender Mm non-conforming does not look well especially when a a a good percentage yeah actually have this discussion with people of like what percent Mm -hmm. of people at morehouse do you think are gay some people Uh. (laughs) some people say 50 some people said 90 the numbers was all over the place but the minimum was 50 percent yeah i think it's about 80 Well, we don't have the stats. <laughs> Do they publish them? I'd like to know. They don't, but a couple of my friends went to Morehouse and they did an informal poll. <laughs> and it's about 80%. Yeah, so all about 80, you know, yeah. this is not factual, but uh, more than half of your students matriculating mm-hmm. are gay. How yeah. are you going to be Some, having yeah. this position? Mm-hmm. So that's just interesting to yeah. me. Well, child, moving on to our next category. Category, category, category is... More Atlanta messiness. <laughs> Why is Atlanta a mess? It always is. I don't like Atlanta. Oh, child. Why? So I grew up in South Carolina in a really small town. For a lot of people in the area I grew up in, their scope of the world was anything was only between Atlanta and maybe D.C. at the most. Okay. And that was the extent that a lot of people had experienced. Like, they'd never traveled anywhere you know really in their life like outside of that that general area right and so you know people would just build up atlanta to be this like like it was oz like you know you walk in and it's like the crystal city and you know everything's going on and it's just you know the future and everything is just wow Mm -hmm. and so i remember my first time going to atlanta i was in I think I was in college, actually. Okay. I think I was in college. Last time I was there, I was in college. Yeah, I think I was in college. And it was just like, when I got there, I was like, this it? Yeah. Like, that's it? Like, this is the city that everyone, like, my entire life has been building up well, to be. southern cities are much different thing. than northern cities. Yeah, it is. It is. But, you know, ev- but even that, I was like, I was not impressed. But <laughs> people think Atlanta is, like, the shit. But everyone just seems so fake and, like, so phony. And they... You know, think they're a big city when I'm just like, like out here, here perpetrating. Yeah. Just yeah. like they perpetrate with the IRS. <laughs> yes. Who's going to get you? They will. They always do. So Miss Portia uh, is said to owe the IRS $240,624.10. Really? Yes. For what? For taxes. Why is she not paying? She ain't paid since 2017. Hmm. So, honey, she needs to get that tax bill together, write that check. Today is tax day. It is. April 15th. Yes. So, she owes money. Allegedly, uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Well, she's not a housewife anymore because she doesn't hold a peach. Wow. But Kenya also owes back taxes in the amount of $153,000. So, there's a tax lien against mm. Kenya for that same tax year. Wow. So, we both are out here with brand new babies owing yeah. money. It ain't cute. It's not. Honey, y'all in the red. But it's time to get in, it's time it's time to get in the block. Right. 
you black housewives. But again, the, the, the Beverly Hills housewives don't have these issues. Right. There you go. Like Atlanta, <laughs> they be stunting. They be, you know, with their um, wigs and their cars mm-hmm. and their unpaid, tight outfits. Unpaid and, for weddings and gender reveals. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah. y'all are supposed to be so fabulous, though. But you can't pay your taxes. But I think yeah. that that is from a tradition of black people trying to keep up with the Joneses. Uh-huh. And overmaxing themselves. Yeah. Spreading themselves too thin. Mm-hmm. And then it just becomes a snowball and you can't keep yeah, up. Yeah. Because remember I, a few seasons ago when she, was it when she first got divorced? Mm-hmm. And then she moved into that humongous house. Like, why is this? You yeah. should have a little condo, a little apartment, a little downtown, apartment down. Yeah, in the city. Be cute and single. Mm-hmm. You know? I just remember when Nene came at Kenya because she had a little apartment mm-hmm. with a white Oh, with a white it was like, no, God. Yeah. But then it's the kind of pressure, like, appliances. I got a white fridge. Mm-hmm. I ain't ashamed to say it. Well, you live in the hood, too. Bitch, you live in the hood. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I guess you don't know more. But once upon a time, bitch, once upon a time. I don't live that no more. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope that your taxes are paid. Today's the day. Yes. All right, child. Well, that just wraps up the categories for this week. Let's move into our next segment. So this week, guys, we're hitting you with our realness segment, and we got a question. Um, I guess it could be a listener letter, but it's not like a full flush scenario. But the listener here, um, his name is not even needed because he doesn't have no drama. (laughs) But he just said, hey, guys, I wanted to know, would you date someone who does drag? I would not. Really? Really. Well, my answer is in the delivery of Gia Gunn. Absolutely. Mm. Really? You wouldn't? I don't think I could. I don't think I would. I actually had a crush on a drag queen once. Which one? I don't know if I want to say her name. The really buff one? No, she wasn't on Drag Race. Oh, okay. She's okay, a okay. local Philadelphia, or was a local oh. Philadelphia queen. I used mm. to, my, my, my best friend and I, John, we used to volunteer at Philly Gay Bingo. Uh-huh. And um, there was drag queens mm-hmm. that host... Bingo. Mm-hmm. And it's a charity to raise money for Philly AIDS Fund. Mm-hmm. And uh, the drag queens come out and they, you know, talk and host and yeah. play with people in the crowd. And I used to have a crush on this one drag queen. And I actually liked her more in drag than I did out of drag. <laughs> but he was also really cute out of drag. Should I say the person? I don't know. Cause I, I don't think you should. This person's in a committed relationship and we're not even really friends like that. But we cool. Okay. But I used to have such a crush on her. Say it. No. This person's name was Julianne Fries. (laughs) Well, the drag name, and that's what I'll leave it. But she was so hot. She was like the hottest drag queen out there. She was polished and together, always. Okay. But so I would absolutely date a drag queen. Okay. And fully support them and like be into it. Okay. But I don't think I would like want to have sex in drag. (laughs) That's like where I draw the line. (laughs) But why would you think date a that's drag what queen? people take it to? Why would I not? Yeah. I just, I, I, this is not for me. That's not for me. And misogyny. I get that. Well, no, I get that they're, you know, in characters for performance. Right. It's not, you know, who they, you know, they're not at the bank. Are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and that's, so remember that show, Drag Me Down the Aisle? Yes. And so, Apparently, they had a second episode. I didn't watch it. Yet. Really? But yeah. So, on the first episode, remember when the girl was like, can you, you know, show up out of drag? Oh, to meet her dad. To meet my dad because he's he, not comfortable. Yeah. And I was just like, 
Um, that confused me a, a bit because I'm like, is it because they're gay or because they of the bad. drag? Uh, I think it's because of the drag because a lot of the reason people don't like gay men mm-hmm. is because, in my personal view, is because they don't like women. Like they just haven't <laughs> been able to articulate that. Honestly, because okay. gay men are associated with being more effeminate mm-hmm. or not being as masculine. Mm-hmm. So when you rebuff that, it is upsetting, right? But that's only in terms of your mannerisms, your speech, right? But mm-hmm. when you actually change your physical appearance mm-hmm. to emulate that of a woman, it's like gone too far little, for yeah. some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's honestly at the base level, even within the gay community, mm-hmm. with the whole mask for mask thing, or like guys only wanting like ma- mask butch dudes. Mm-hmm. That's because even as gay men, we haven't internalized misogyny or hate for women. But mm-hmm. we will, you know, what I'm saying like, or it could be that because I love like femme gays. Yes, bitch, work. Or it could be that the, those guys just like they're gay because they like men. But again, they, but again, being a man should not be defined by, you know, what, what defines a man? A dick. Does it? <laughs> okay. Honestly, but I just think because that, there's lots of men who have vaginas. But I think that in the men that you speak about, maybe they don't like femme guys because they are attracted to men. They want someone who, you know, and that, um, that's a little, I don't even know if I want to say that. Exactly. Because it's so hard to deconstruct gender Mm -hmm. because it's so binary. Right. (laughs) Pun intended. Mm -hmm. It's this or that. There's no room for in between. To me, a man is not someone who takes up a lot of space or is inconsiderate or loud Mm -hmm. or brash. To me, a man is someone who is thoughtful, compassionate, and caring and a provider. And you could do that. With a handbag and the crook of your arm and with a switch. Mm, okay. No? To some people, I guess. Yeah, but I guess. I don't, I, I think, it's hard to deconstruct gender. It's not about that. I just think that some people, like you said, that might just be a little too far for them. But right. I know that, you know, on the one level, drag is a performance. It's a character. Right. It's... Um, not who they are. It's mm-hmm. a persona they put on to make a little money on the side or, you know, go and host this event. Like um, Seth Meyers, who used to be on Saturday Night Live, now he has a late night show. He does drag. That's it. Yeah. I think he was on Drag Race or he was applying to be on Drag Race or something okay. like that. Are you sure that's not milk? Because it was a joke. It might be. Because there was a contestant on uh-huh. <laughs> Drag Race named Milk. Uh-huh. And there was a parody done with him and Seth Meyers because they resemble one another. Really? Outside of drag. So I, I think that that was more of like a farce. Like it was No, like, he really does drag. Really? Yeah. Okay, is it like straight boy drag or is it like gay guy no, drag? No, it's like real drag. Because again, I think that the intent and the perspectives are different. But I feel like to me, drag is a celebration of women, the, the female spirit, I don't even like to say female, but the woman's spirit, the womanly form, and it's a celebration of women. So I love drag. I love, anyone who knows me knows I love drag. I love drag queens. And I would absolutely date a drag queen. Actually, that'd be a plus for you for me. That's like brownie points. I would love to date a drag queen. 
I'd be in there curling her hair, beating uh, her face, and be like, yes, let's get you together, getting them pads in position. I would be like the stage mama drag queens. A mess. I don't know. I just I just think mm-hmm. that for some people that, that might be a deal breaker. I don't know if I could. I don't think I could date someone who does drag. But you can't articulate why. Because that's just not for, you. for me. <laughs> and that's as plain and simple as it is. See, and I want people to be able to deconstruct gender to the point where they can. And that's valid. And I accept it. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and it's fair. Mm-hmm. But I just wish that we could have more of a discussion around it so that we can deconstruct gender to the point that people can put language as to why they have their preferences. Just not because. Well, people's preferences are, like you said, they're very deep-rooted and they're very personal right. to right. them and you know sometimes but they're you not, don't have they're not to know how to explain it like i don't like tomatoes because i don't like tomatoes <laughs> there's nothing really but there's to a reason it. that you don't like tomatoes no i just don't like them i don't like eggs it's because i don't like them texture eggs is more so the smell i don't like okay. the way they smell okay yeah. <laughs> um but it's hard for people to ex- to explain what they like or what they don't like. That's because people don't take the time to know themselves. No, I don't think it's that either. Well, I can t- I can tell you why I don't like and like everything. And if I don't like something, mm-hmm. oh, I know why. So I'm, it's hard for me to accept. Well, I just don't like it. Because then, like, okay, well, you need to be a little more introspective and figure out the fuck why, and find patterns. Because for me, no, a lot of the reason I don't like food like, is texture. Everything's not that deep like it can just be a simple reason i just don't like it see and this is where we differ because i feel like mm-hmm. everything's that deep it's not <laughs> everything it's really not i guess i mm-hmm. try to find meaning in everything like why do you have vertical blinds as opposed to horizontal because that's what the apartment came with <laughs> <laughs> I mean. but there's meaning there's not i guess yeah okay. but let's hop on over to the next segment of the Basically. show and i said what, what i said, said. So my I say what I said for this week is children do not get opinions. Didn't we go in on children last week? Did we? A little bit. Probably. Well, you did. <laughs> children don't belong, belong at they don't. the function. They don't. You, when you're a child, you're not allowed to make decisions for yourself for the majority of right. things. Right. Like, my mom, she would give you the illusion of you having options. Do you want to take a bath before dinner or after dinner? Right. Either way, you're taking a bath. You know, you eat what I cook or you don't eat. <laughs> right. So my, I say what I said. I read this article about this lady named Raylene Marks, who lives in Edmonton, Canada. Hey, Edmonton. Canada. And <laughs> Raylene worked at Claire's. And you know Claire's, the um, little jewelry store that all the little girls get their little. Yes. Little cheap ass necklaces. Yeah. And it's where they get their ears pierced because you get your little $7 um, cubic zirconia studs and they'll pierce your ears for free. Right. If they're not already pierced. Mm-hmm. So Raylene said that a seven-year-old girl came in with her mom and they were going to get her the little girl's ears pierced. The little girl was crying because probably she thought it was going to hurt. Mm-hmm. And Raylene took it upon herself. <laughs> To quit her job because she felt like she would be forcing the girl to get her ears pierced. Now, Raylene, I don't even think you make a minimum wage at this job. <laughs> you working part time. Down down at the Claire's. Down to the Claire's. You're supposed to sell these butterfly necklaces. 
<laughs> and these emoji pillows, girl, and keep it moving. Somebody mm-hmm. comes in to get their ears pierced, you pierce their ears. Right. And you go to the food court for break. Right. She'll get over <laughs> it. She'll be fine. Right. And so she wrote an open letter. And you know I hate open letters, too. Mm-hmm. So she wrote an open letter to Claire's saying that um, this little girl was basically um, non-consenting and saying that the child's message was, this is my body, respect it, and don't force me to do something I don't want to do. Girl. <laughs> she was just getting her ears pierced. Like I get it, but she'll she's have, seven she years some old. Point of autonomy. I no, blame the mother. The mother should have got it done when she when was, she was an infant. born. Yeah, and so as adults, they make parents make decisions for their children all the time. A couple days after birth, before they leave the hospital, a little boy he's gonna get circumcised. Right. He doesn't have any say in right. that. The little girl before you know they take her to Sears or J.C. Penney to get her her pictures taken, they're gonna get her ears pierced mm-hmm. so she can you know not get those keloids on the back of her ears or just not have to deal with the pain. Right. When she is of an age where she can, you know, scream and holler. They you know newborns scream and holler anyway. So right. You know they they won't remember it. Right. They won't be traumatized by it. So that's when you know parents choose to do certain things like that. This little girl was getting her ears pierced. She probably anticipated some level of pain. Right. And that little gun is like... It's quick. Done. Right. Had Raylene gone through with it, it wouldn't have lasted 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You just hold, put some ice cubes on it and make it work, girl. Yeah, but it's probably like a seven-year-old girl who's like... You know, it's different than if she could probably not stay still, be harder to place the gun. Her, her ears would have been crooked. Like, <laughs> they would have made it work. <laughs> and if the girl was that, you know, non consenting, she could have took them earrings out when she got home. Like, they never got infected. Well, I blame the mother and this. Yeah, the mother's at fault, but Raylene, girl, you dumb. Because now you're unemployed. She quit, right? She, <laughs> so she, she can't get, get unemployment. Your little minimum wage part time job, like girl, damn right. You got to be more smart about these things. That little girl ain't studying you, <laughs> right? See, you're fucked up because you let this little girl come between your coins, yeah. And that's where I got no okay, yeah, girl. Bye. And I said what I said. Well, my I said what I said this week is a little sensitive, so I'm going to give you all um, a disclaimer. This, I said what I said is not in any way, shape, or form to be of disrespect or disparagement mm-hmm. to Nipsey Hussle, mm-hmm. Lauren London, his children, or the Hussle slash Agdegam family. I hope I pronounced that right. A lot of people don't even know his real name, so... Thank you. <laughs> and he had a tragic and Child. untimely passing... And it is very sad. But, but I'm here to keep it real with y'all mm-hmm. in terms of my opinion and saying what the hell I feel like I need to say. And I feel like there should be a new term in this day and age of social media, mm-hmm. how we interact with one another, especially right. on seriously sensitive issues such as death 
because I feel like there's something that that's something that's just no more personal or sensitive. Death okay. impacts the people who the loved ones of people, people who actually knew them outside of their public or social media persona mm-hmm. more than anything. And I get that artists and musicians can affect people and touch their hearts. You know, like Mariah Carey has touched Maurice's. But over and over again. But there's also like limits because like right these people are real people yeah and i can't help but feel like in social media a lot of it is opportunistic Mm -hmm. and it's jumping on the bandwagon Mm -hmm. and it's about what's being hot and it's about being a part of the current conversation Mm -hmm. which lasts only about 75 hours and it's about being um just in the moment yeah and being a part of that moment Mm -hmm. and um exploiting yourself to get the likes or the attention or right. whatever. Right. I feel like a lot of people have been performing grief yeah. in a very opportunistic way that to me is very questionable mm-hmm. um, at the very least and extremely disrespectful and hurtful at the very most. Okay. And yeah. in the you know wake of Mr. Hustle's passing... <laughs> What? What? Don't laugh. What's his name? I'm sorry. Go ahead. In the wake of his passing, mm-hmm. uh, there I have seen people get um, his image airbrushed on the hoods of, of their the vehicles. Yeah. I've seen people get tattoos. Now it's one thing for Lauren London to get no, a tattoo. She should have gone to her therapist and not her tattoo artist, because now her next baby daddy gonna have to look at that. For okay. The three years that they're together. Well, maybe we'll leave that in another category for <laughs> okay. another time. Sorry. But in her caption, she was like, you know, he's a part of me. When you see me, you see him. Okay, go well and God. fine. But yeah, I think that, you know, in the black community, tattoo artists and hairstylists served as like therapists, but they ain't licensed. <laughs> um, but that's my original point is, is that people, people who did not know Mr. Hustle are out here getting tattoos. Mm. People out here who are, are putting him on his car mm-hmm. are now um, going to his store and supporting him. And no tea, no shade, but I did not know about Mr. Hustle prior to his death. I could not name you any of his songs. Nor could I. But I one. also would put good money on the fact that all y'all on Instagram couldn't <laughs> name any of his songs either. Exactly. Because if you could, why wasn't he a bigger star in his all life? Right. And again, I'm not saying that you know, his contributions need to be solely through music. Because I did read a lot about him in this in his passing. Okay. And he did have a profound effect on his community, you know, in Los Angeles. Crenshaw. Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. And he raised lots of money. He supported lots of people. Okay. He provided people with access to job training and income. And those things were great. But wow. if y'all would have supported that man in his life, the mm-hmm. way you did in his death... Mm-hmm. What he could have done right. could have been so much greater, larger, and far-reaching. Right. But the problem that I have with the black community is, is that sometimes we lazy. Well, and we only show up for people mm-hmm. when it's easy, and when, only when you can benefit from mm-hmm. them. Because guess what, Mister Hustle's not here with us anymore. But now you are getting um, likes, clicks, and attention mm-hmm. off of his death. Yeah disrespectful to me yeah. you're out here scalping tickets to his funeral at staples center <laughs> disrespectful i was honestly even surprised that he was had his ceremony in staples center right the flowers were beautiful i didn't watch the fume beautiful beautiful flowers i don't like fumes and i did not know who he was at all right and my, michael and i'm not i'm not making comparisons mm-hmm. but for me it was a little incongruent that michael jackson 
Right. Had his memorial service in at the Staples Center. Center. And I get that Mr. Hustle was from the LA area, so okay. Like, he had a bigger nah. impact on the fact there. But they're very, very different. Yeah. I see pictures of y'all, people out here painting pictures of Mr. <laughs> Hustle next to Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther right. King, Malcolm X, like, Nelson Mandela. Sis, uh, let's gain some perspective. Yeah. I'm sure he did a lot, but it ain't like that. Yeah. And that's, again, no disrespect to him and all the good that he's done, but let's gain some perspective here. Yeah. He next to Harriet Tubman, <laughs> or Sojourner Truth. It was, it was mislabeled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> However, but, these historical mm-hmm. figures, and I, and I'm not saying that to negate what he has done, but but again, not all things are equal here. Let's not analogize yeah. what he's done to what Martin Luther King right. has. Their historical, there's historical context, yeah. but again, we live in this ephemeral world where it's just. He started Martin Luther King. Well, I didn't no. even know him. Yeah. Music aside, mm-hmm. so he died, sadly. Well, and my thing is, let's let's be real. Let's stop perpetrating. A lot of y'all didn't either, basically. And it's it's hype. Mm-hmm. But to me, there's isn't there nothing sacred anymore? There no. shouldn't be hype associated with someone's death. That's a very serious thing. That affected right. his his girlfriend, his children, his mother, mm-hmm. their hearts, and the rest of their lives. You know, I guess it's going to affect the the rest of the community in terms of the people he employed or the people that he worked with. But it's just also like he was, I'm not saying badly, but he was a gang member. And when Mm -hmm. you're wheeling, dealing those kinds of things, it don't leave you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. he was trying to lift people up, but he was still connected to this Mm -hmm. underworld, Mm -hmm. which I believe that may have had something to do with his passing and his murder. Could have. But for me, my frustration was just. For days, mm-hmm. I Instagram was just nothing but Mr. Hustle, and everyone having this outcry and outpouring. Like my, like one of my sisters was like, "This is bigger than Whitney Houston. This is bigger than Biggie or Tupac." No man, and I was like, "Man, like <laughs> let's gain, again, let's gain some perspective." I know yeah. you didn't live during those times, no man. But Whitney has a catalog, one, yeah. and it's also like. Biggie and Pop, that was a totally different time in rap. It was the 90s. Mm-hmm. It was this East Coast, West Coast thing. And well, again, they have catalogs. Yeah. And they, like, people actually knew them across the country right. nationally. When I heard the news, it was like, Nipsey died. I was like, the Tin Man from The Wiz? Nipsey <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, his name's a play on his Because I was like, who is Nipsey Hussle? I've never heard this person before. Right. And... The only, I think I did see that picture that he and Lauren London had on Instagram with on she horse. was like sitting on that horse. Aww. That's the only um, time I had ever seen him before. Right. Like I, did, I had no concept of who he was. Yeah, I had seen him on her Instagram. They were playing like the um, the newlywed game. Oh. Were they married? No. Let's see. But you know, being a wife these days means just having somebody's baby because <laughs> chicks cheat baby showers like they whole wedding banquets. They do. But anyway, yeah. there's no shade to Lauren London, but I'm, it's it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, it's funny that he died. Like I, I had never seen or heard of him. Mm-hmm. He's like a like I feel like his star was rising. Okay, but he's not Selena. He's not Aaliyah. He's not any of these other people who die as their stars rising. I don't. I think that give the hood. A couple more months and they'll be yeah forgotten. Like even I was sending that you a lot of stuff lot. on on Nipsey Hustle, <laughs> yeah. and some of it's deleted off people's pages already. Ooh. Like photos unavailable. Like, I only sent you posts, not yeah. stories. Oh wow, that parking lot that they painted his picture in is gonna be <laughs> the basketball court. Yeah. It's gonna be condos in like two years. Yeah, Somewhere. which is sad. 
And again, I'm not here to tell people how to handle grief. Uh-huh. My thing is just that when grief feels opportunistic, I, it doesn't sit well with me because because well, grief can't be opportunistic because there's nothing to gain from grief. Grief is it's grief in and of itself is loss. But people want the attention and the sympathy. Anytime you go to a black funeral, there's always that person screaming, falling out, yelling, take me, Lord. Why, Jesus? No. Take me instead. Trying to climb into the casket. And they're usually not the person that's like most connected. <laughs> right. they're, not, they're not that person's parent, spouse, right. or child. Right. <laughs> right. And so they have this whole performance of their grief to either feign or portray this this connection to this person who is deceased or they're just doing it for the attention which is sad either way well, it sads me but it's one thing to actually perform your grief and make a fool of yourself not a fool but just to do it to actually have the gumption to perform that mm-hmm. in a church or wherever the memorial services mm-hmm. have it's a little bit easier to do it on instagram that's true too and that's the part that annoys mm-hmm. me specifically because wow. again but, uh, if y'all if y'all would have been as down for this man mm-hmm. as you were in his death, mm-hmm. I could only imagine things he could have accomplished in his life. Well, Stop giving people their roses when they cannot smell them. Give them their roses while they're here. And right. I said what I said. All right. And we're back to uh, part two of I said what I said. <laughs> because earlier we spoke about the tragic burnings and loss of the cathedral of, of, of Notre, Notre Dame, Dame in Paris, mm-hmm. France. And... On the internet already. The building is still hot. It's still smoldering. Still smoldering and smoky. And people already on the internet posting pictures of themselves (laughs) in front of the cathedral. Again, is there nothing sacred anymore? It is a loss. Stop it. Stop. Stop the foolishness. I am tired. And this yeah. relates to the Nipsey Hustle thing. It's just like, oh, look at me in front of the in front of the cathedral, ma'am. This is not the Notre Dame challenge. This is not fun. <laughs> this is serious. This is a historical loss. Yes, significant. Ooh, Respect it. I can't with people today. Let it cool. Literally. At least. At least. My God, and I'm done. But I said what I, we, we haven't even left the studio, and people are acting foolish. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. They haven't even let it out. Now y'all out here posting. And I said what I said, part I'm done. C'est fine. All right, guys, let's get into... Uh, all right, guys and gals, and those who are gender non-conforming. Yes, people. Yes, thems. Let's get into our next segment, tens, 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 tens across, across the board. board. This week, my tens goes to Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, y'all. Yes. Tiger, Tiger Woods. You know what my nan used to think I looked like him? Nope. I don't see it, <laughs> but whatever. Um, but uh, Woods is forty three, and you know he was a phenom. He looked very bad for forty three. He do that hairline, yeah. but you know mm-hmm. mine's are starting too. So let me know. Wow. He been going through a lot lately. So a lot, he's a lot. Out. Yes, the stress is real. Yeah. But he has won his fourteenth mm-hmm. major tournament, and it's his first that he's won in eleven years. Yes. So he has made a comeback. Yeah. And he had did that thing. Yeah. He's reclaimed his spot as one of the greatest. Well, he's been the greatest golfer of all time. But mm-hmm. especially in athletics, you can be written off at a yeah, certain age. Yeah, yeah. But he came back at 43 and he said, did. I'm here. Yes. He won the Masters. He got that ugly green. That ugly green. They yes. just changed that up. Switch it up. It's yeah. not flattering. Mm-mm. But I just want to give a shout out to him for continuing his greatness in his golfing. Yeah. 
and doing a damn thing. Yeah, and not giving up. Not giving up. Yeah. Showing them that, you know what? I might be 43, but I'm still out here doing it. And I came back. Y'all wrote me off. Yeah. But you spoke too soon. Congratulations, Mr. Woods. I'm just need him to get a little bit better fitting shirt because... Well, he needs to move. Well, next year, Tiger. My tens this week is going to someone who I do not feature and I don't really like her. So this is really big for me. Is it? Yeah. So, New York Democrat, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Hey, girl. I guess. Um, she represented the Bronx, right? Yes. In New York. So she, you know, she rose to fame. She's young. She's like 29. Um, spicy Latinx woman. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, is very outspoken. She's new to the, the game. And like I said, a few, probably like a few weeks ago, right? Like she wanted to stir up the pot and shake things up before she even knew where like all the bathrooms were in the work building. Mm -hmm. But... You know, she claims to be, like, the voice of her people. Okay. I mean, even though she, you know, was influential in getting Amazon to pull out of New York. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but she lives on social media. She's one of those people who, like Cardi B, she stays connected to the people. She's right. always on Twitter. She's always on Facebook. She's always on Instagram. Mm -hmm. She's always posting and verbal and vocal about everything. Right. So she announced that she is taking... A social media hiatus and Bye, I was girl. like thank God because she got either too much time on her hands or she's not working like she said she is right because girl ain't you supposed to be at work like you violating the internet policy <laughs> <laughs> you all up on Facebook all the time right how much of this is performance because again yeah. I think people get so lost in like the virtual reality versus the yeah. reality right. reality mm -hmm. yeah and so I'm just like you post too much. You tweet too much. Like, how do you have time to be doing all of this? And it's not like she posts once mm -hmm. and then, like, that's it for the day. She's, like, retweeting, reposting, you know, commenting on everybody under the sun. I'm just like, girl, like, how do you have time to even do your, your actual job right. that you got elected to do? Well, she's and then, a millennial. Uh, yeah, she is. And so the people can't have been coming for her. Since then, she says that social media is a public health risk. It can lead to increased isolation, depression, anxiety, addiction, and escapism. Yes. So she is taking a break from Facebook. She still tweets, but she said she's going to limit those to only during the work week. But somebody need to take her phone. <sighs> Change her password so she cannot get in. But you get tens from me this week because you're trying to to make a change. <laughs> and my timeline can be a little bit more calm. I had to mute her because she posts too much. Too much already. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Mm. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us yeah. for our thirty first episode. It was good to have you discussing this week's mess. We can't wait to get to next week's mess because that's all y'all give us is a mess and a few tens here and there. Yes. So if you like The Mess, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Yes. Be sure to check us out on all things social media at Category is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to write us a listener letter, a question, or just suggest a category at CategoryIsPod at gmail.com. Gmail Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next week. Bye. Bye.